Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Quitting. It can be a terrible thing, right? But it can also be just what you need. We're going to talk about that today. And then I'll share a story about why being around people is what God has in mind for us. And here to share his great wisdom on those subjects and many more is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. You know, it's launch day. Launch day. The new runforgod.com launches day. We'll get into that a little bit more here in a little while. But yeah, Yeah. it's, it's live. Exciting. All the months of working and testing and breaking and testing again and breaking again <laughs> um, have come to a head. And we're still probably going to be breaking some things in these first few weeks, like you always do. Yeah. But yeah. Runforgod.com, the all new runforgod.com is live. So we've been talking about it for a while. I'm excited. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's cross country season, too. It is. I'm excited. Cross country season means a couple of things. Of course, I love cross country, but more than that, it also means that cooler weather is around the corner. You know, Holly and I, our anniversary was this past weekend, and we're going to take a little, just a little three-day getaway up to North Carolina to the mountains next weekend. And I looked out at the the long-range forecast, and the high where we're going next weekend is like 73. Oh, my goodness. So that's going to be – it's only supposed to be like 79 or 80 here. Wow, that's so, going to be nice. But, you know, by the end of August, we'll get blasted with yeah. some – yeah. degree temperatures. Well, there'll again. be and there'll be some days in September that are really hot. But it's too. coming. But it's coming. That's the exciting That's part. That's right. So, for sure. Hey, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Again, if you have a business uh and you would like to support the ministry of Run for God and allow us to support what you do, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information you need. But this week's sponsor is Hank's Carpet and Flooring. Um, Hank's Carpet and Flooring is your one-stop shop for all your flooring needs. Hank stocks a huge selection of name-brand flooring, carpet, luxury vinyl, plank, waterproof flooring, and the exclusive Lola Pate Area Rug Collection. Voted North Georgia's best of the best eight straight years and the People's Choice winner for the past two. Great flooring, great prices. Why shop anywhere else? Visit Hank's Carpet and Flooring, Giant Showroom, or at hankscarpet.com for Red Hot Deals. Great people over there. We've talked about Hank and his whole yeah. family several times. But, um, yeah, if you need floor covering, Hank's is the place to go to to learn more. Good place to go. Our Facebook post from this past week comes from Todd O.C. Shoemaker. O.C. stands for overcomer. If mm-hmm. you haven't heard Todd's story, you need to check Todd's story out. You can find it at deadmanrunningmovie.com, um, and you'll understand this uh, how, how impactful this post is when uh, when you understand his story says and he lives down in florida he says living in florida means we deal with a lot of storms in the summer it can be sunny out but around three or four o'clock a storm can come out of nowhere some days it can be raining hard in the front yard but sunny in the backyard of course then there's the hurricanes some hurricanes move th- move quickly through while others just stall over us 
On this crazy, beautiful journey called life, we will face many different storms. Sometimes there'll be a light rain that comes and goes in a minute. And then there are storms that blow in, causing havoc for everyone and everything in its path. We don't like walking through the storms of life. Who does? We love the sunny beach weather. But unfortunately, that is not the world we live in. We will all walk through a storm or two during this life. We will all face days of blowing winds and flooding waters. Stop for a minute and sit still. In that minute, I am sure you can think of one person who is currently walking through a storm. The storms of life are hitting them from every side. Maybe that person is you. I often hear pastors share we are either walking in a storm or just coming out of a storm or about to walk through a storm. How true. If you're currently walking through a storm, I encourage you to take hold of the strong hand of God. He will lift you up as you face the raging seas. When we walk through a storm, that doesn't mean God doesn't love us or isn't listening to our prayers. On the contrary, the scriptures tell us this in this life we will all face trouble. We like to skip over that part because it isn't very comforting or encouraging. But that doesn't change the fact that we will all face troubles in life. When we walk through a storm, we can take heart because God has overcome this world. That means he will never leave or forsake us. Uh, that, That should bring peace and comfort to everyone. I have walked through many storms in my life. I've come to learn these storms have a purpose. That may not be always clear when we're walking through the storm. But if we will take the time to listen, God will reveal the lessons he has for us as we walk through a raging storm. I have learned God never wastes a storm. God can use a storm to show us the purpose of our lives or to reconnect us to our true purpose in life. Hopefully, this will bring you peace as you walk through your storm, especially if you have walked through this storm for many years. You have been praying and crying out to God, but it appears he's not listening. Believe me. I've been there. I've walked through a stormy season in life that lasted for almost 18 years. I was hit with one storm after another. So I get it, my friend. Life can be hard, but in the midst of my storm, I saw God grow my faith in a life-changing way. God allowed me to share the gospel with so many as I walked the halls of the hospitals or during my weekly treatments and doctor appointments. During the storm, God reminded me that my worth and value are not tied to my career, success, or what I believe in life. No, my value and worth are found in being a child of God, in being chosen by Him, called by Him, and equipped by Him for a purpose. Sometimes our lives are rocked by the storms of life so that we can rebuild on a better foundation, on the firm foundation of God. Hmm. It's a great post. He's uh, yeah, he's such an inspiration. He is um, for somebody to go through the the stuff that he's been through and to still remain so steadfast and so faithful. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, and you can you you hear it in his words here. But to you know, we've had the the privilege of getting to talk to Todd. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly the way he talks in person. There's no bitterness. I mean, he has. If if you put a picture of storms of life. If you look it up in the encyclopedia, it's probably Todd's picture yeah. in there. And all glory to God, no bitterness. I would say no regret. I, I would. I mean, I haven't asked him that question, but I would say that I don't know that he, looking back, he would have it any other way because of the thing, because of how he's seen God hand, God's hand move so mightily in his life. So, yeah. uh, it's yeah, it's it, 
it's a great focus or it's a great way to refocus us is to see somebody's story like Todd's. Yeah. This made me think about, I remember when uh, I, was, I was younger, my kids were very young and we went to Disney World. It was just the three of us, me and Matthew and Caleb went to Disney World and we went to Disney and we were there all day, from when the gates opened to when the gates closed. Bless you. Yeah. And as we were leaving, you know how tired you yeah. are and, and we're leaving, we get on the monorail to ride out to the parking lot and there was a storm a big lightning storm came up and that you know just like he says it happens in florida Mm -hmm. and they had to stop the monorail because of the lightning Mm -hmm. so they stopped us underneath this shelter and they opened the doors because they couldn't leave it on so they couldn't keep the air conditioning running so there had to be well it was thunder and lightning and caleb bless his heart was just terrified of storms when he was a kid so he's like five years old and he is just screaming and all I can do is just hold him, you know, and just wrap my arms around him and try to let him know, look, I'm here. Everything's fine. Nothing's. And he just, and every time I would loosen up my grip a little bit, he would start to scream again. Hmm. And it was really, really terrifying for him. And, he probably doesn't even remember it, remember it today. But, Lock but, that out of his memory. Yeah. But I remember it like it was yesterday. And, you know, that's the way it is, I think, a lot of times when we face storms. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb was young. He didn't know any better, you know, and all he knew was this loud noise, and he just didn't like loud noises. And all I could do is hold him and comfort him. But what would have happened if Caleb would have decided that he could run out of that monorail car to a, a safer place? Mm-hmm. It would have made it worse. Mm-hmm. would have made the whole thing worse, right? But that's what we do with God is God's got his arms wrapped around us. If we'll just stay put mm-hmm. instead, we're busy squirming and getting out of his grip fix it. Yeah. and trying to fix it yeah. ourselves. Yeah. All storms will eventually pass. If we'll that's just true. Yep. Good word. Our trivia question for last week was this. This is the definition for a term in running. A feeling of euphoria that is experienced by some individuals engaged in strenuous running and that is held to be associated with a release of endorphins by the brain. Knew this one. Yeah, right? I knew yeah. this one. Runners high. I get asked about this all the time. I don't yeah. know if you do, just by people in general asking yeah. about runner. What, what is runner's high? Have you ever gotten a runner's high? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't understand runner's high because I don't know that I've ever gotten the, the, the idea of being what do they call it euphoric yeah i don't know that i've ever been euphoric from a run before. i would argue that you have uh, the, the word euphoric to me is really a big word but yeah i, I mean I, I definitely have I, yeah. I there's no doubt about it i have um i i mean i've talked about one particular time that stands out was at the the end of iron man florida you know hmm. At mile from mile like twenty to twenty five, I was talk about Todd. I was a dead man walking. I mean, I was just done. But as soon as you hear, I heard the music, the music. and the lights and the you know I was it was dark where I was, but I could see the lights ahead. You know that feeling. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like you ever. It's like I just feel like that's adrenaline. Can, well, but I think that's what the runner's high is. It's yeah. the adrenaline. It's the it's all the endorphins. It's everything being released because as soon as you get across the finish line, it's like boom, that goes away, yeah. and you're collapsing and hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. um, 
to me, that's the runner's high, and that's where all that is released. Well, I, I went down a rabbit hole with this thing when I when I started looking at it. I'm I couldn't, sure you did. I couldn't stop looking at it because <laughs> um, nobody really understands what runner's high is. And so it, the, the definition of it that I read out says something about endorphins, but now they're saying that it may not be endorphins at all, that that may not be what it is. Well, endorphins, I think all the other words, dopamine, uh, all yeah. the things that you you experience the same thing with danger. Yeah. Because like when I used to ride bulls and when you would settle down on the back of a 2000 pound bull, those same it's the same feelings yeah. would come in and you couldn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And then when you get out of the arena to safety, it's like, oh, my goodness, everything hurts now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I, like I said, I get it. I just that's that's a pretty incredible thing. Uh, one of the things the most recent studies are showing is that it's possibly linked to endocannabinoids. So this is apparently is the chemical that that like THC marijuana that mm-hmm. that's what it interacts with to to get you feeling. And they think that maybe that has something to do with the whole runner's high thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, dopamine you mentioned dopamine that's kind of the reward center of your brain you do something that you like and then it releases dopamine to make you feel um feel good about what you just did um and that so now is adrenaline this is my ignorance here is adrenaline a chemical just that, like dopamine is yeah i believe so okay and it but it's a different it, again uh, you know adrenaline's a, a different thing it, it's it reacts in a different way that wasn't actually mentioned in the research that i saw adrenaline wasn't, adrenaline wasn't mentioned at all hmm. um leptin was another thing that was uh that was uh talked about and it's the feeling of satisfaction from survival that you're talking about that feeling that you escaped the lion that was after you you know that's that's what that one is but the bottom line is we just we just don't understand it and uh all these people um you know that are that are hooked we've seen a number of people who have been hooked on drugs or alcohol or something like that who become runners Mm -hmm. and they replace that with that addiction with running and this this is why yeah is because we have this this kind of reaction to it so it's a great so all these folks that that are maybe what we need to do in some of these big cities where we have these drug problems is maybe we need to have running programs there <laughs> i mean seriously i don't Greg know how Ellis. i don't yes i mean he he's substituted addiction of drugs and put it into running and he was running 100 miles on a treadmill yeah i yeah. mean crazy stuff but uh, he said i mean he would tell you he got the same Maybe euphoria is not the right word, but the same dopamine, adrenaline, all the things you get. I mean, I've I've never done drugs, but from what I understand, it's it's the same feelings. It's yeah. just, it's the same feeling as bull riding, or it's the same feeling as some people feel it with skydiving and running. It, it's all those chemical releases that yeah. is addictive. Yeah, can be addictive. Well, and and I guess if I was if I was thinking about runner's high i'm thinking about the times where you're on a 20 miler and you all of a sudden at mile 15 you just all of a sudden it just feels easy they like call it don't they call, in the running world they call it flow yeah some yeah some people you call hear it, that yeah, term that yeah. it's like it's just effortless and it yeah. i mean you get that feeling of i can do this all day long and I, yeah so yeah i think there's lots of versions of it but 
I have to think you've you've experienced it. Yeah, as many yeah. miles as you've done, you've experienced <laughs> it. Uh, well, interesting subject. Runners high. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the website. So the website, the new runforgod.com is live. Uh, I want to go over a few things because it did release today. It actually released late last night. Uh, but I want to go over just a few things because Holly and Gay, uh, they're going to be dealing with a lot of the questions. So there's two groups out there. If you've never been a member of Run Club, go to runforgod.com, get signed up. The website's incredible. You're going to love it. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory when you get there. Now, for all of our current members, there are a few things that you're going to need to do. Number one, if you go to runforgod.com today, this morning, it looks different. And your login credentials will no longer work on that site. The reason for this, because we're going to get the questions, why did y'all do this? The reason for this is this is a completely different platform. And evidently, it's a big no-no to take your credit card information from one platform to another platform. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, we were not able to transfer your membership from one platform to the to the other platform. So, for the uh, people out there who are currently members, you're going to go on to runforgod.com. You're going to go in, and you're going to sign up just like you're a new member. Now, the obvious question is, well, I paid for a year membership in December, and now you're asking me in August to sign up for another year membership. You're going to see two transactions. One, you're going to see the transaction for where you signed up today, and then you're going to on the new platform, and then you're going to see a refund from the old platform from today through the end of your subscription. So it's it's the same dollars, but you're going to have to sign up for one and get a refund from the other so is there a time lag between those uh there there may be a day or two time lag between those yeah it's not instant because the refund side we have to do manually right so understand that the ladies in the office out here they are doing that manually so they're taking you know we always say 27 cents a day right on the on the annual memberships well all they're doing is taking your they're going to your old membership from the old platform and they're saying okay today is august 1st and your subscription on the old platform ends September 1st. So let's say that's 30 days. They're taking 30 days times 27 cents, and they're sending you a refund. It, it really is simple. It can look complicated, but I, I promise you it's the same dollars. We're making it right. And if it's not, if you've got questions, shoot them an email. Yeah. Um, but just know you, you will see a charge for the new site, and you can switch platforms you know some people were annually if you want to go to monthly you can do that or if you were monthly you can go to annually uh, we don't have the quarterly option anymore at least for not right now the, the new platform that we're on doesn't offer the quarterly option um, but yeah we've had people in there for weeks now testing and breaking and testing and breaking and we feel like we've got it solid now uh, are there going to be some things come up yes yeah. It is a new Always. website. It's going to happen. We're mm-hmm. going to have, but we're we're on top of it. We're monitoring it every single hour of every day right now. Um, but it's incredible. The new challenges, the run club social, um, golly bum, it's just, it's incredible the, the, how interactive it is. Uh, and also for all of you Couch to Marathon 2022 participants out there when you go onto the new site and you go to the challenges you're going to see couch to marathon 2022 in progress 
that's the one you'll want to sign up on. That'll drop you right back in to where everything's current for today. And then you'll start getting all the automated workouts, the reminders, the encouragements. Um, so if you're on the couch to marathon 2022, go to runforgod.com, get signed up and sign up for couch to marathon 2022 in progress. Let me ask one question. Now, if I'm, if I'm going from the old site to the new site, do I need to cancel my membership on the old site? No, you don't need to cancel. The ladies in the office will take care of that. They'll know when you sign up, they'll know whether you are a member on the old platform or not, and they will take care of that for you. So all you need to do is sign up on the new site and we'll take care of the rest. Uh, it, like I said, it may take a couple of days because there are thousands of members who are going to be making this and, and just know that the, the refund side of this is manual. It is not automatic. Yeah. So this is, this is the ladies in the office doing this manually. So please bear with them. Um, they're going to get them out as fast as they can. We're, we're all hands on deck at this point yeah. and, uh, we will get it taken care of. And if we don't, shoot us an email and we'll make it right. We yeah, promise. That's what I was going to say. It, it, give it a couple of days. And if things aren't right in a couple of days, we, yeah. we'll make it right. Yeah. So uh, with haste, but it's I'm a sure. great sap. Yeah. I can't wait. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal. That's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. All right, we're back, and Thursday nights are so much fun. If you haven't tuned in on Thursday nights, you should, and uh, you do have to be a member to tune in on Thursday nights, but now Thursday nights are on the new website as well. You can sit on the app. You can sit on on your computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another cool thing we didn't talk about yeah. is the app. That's right. Um, so when you, when you become a member, download the app, and you've got all the tools right there on your phone. Yeah, yeah. So check out Thursday night. We do we go over lots of different stuff here. Recently, we just talked. We talked about kids and running. You know, a lot of people have questions. They either have kids or grandkids, mm-hmm. or or some are, some are young themselves, and they're wondering about what what is okay for kids to do and not to do. Well, we sure. talked about that. So um, we answer a lot of, and then some basic questions. We may talk about injuries. We may, but and then we may. Talk. Did that come as a result of a question you had? It, it didn't this time. Okay. It, it actually but you have is, had those questions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's it, another thing is feel free to shoot us an email and say, Hey yeah. Dean, I was wondering about this. Would you talk about this on Thursday night? And you'll try your best to, to work yep. it in. Dean at run Yeah. Yep. You know, I was thinking about diet the other day and I was thinking about how when somebody changes their diet, what do we do when we change our diet? What's our focus? Our focus is on, don't eat that stuff that's bad for me. When too many times it's all or nothing too. That's true. That's true. We, we go way one way, but yeah, we we focus on oh, I'm giving this up. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. But here's the thing I thought I was thinking about because you know I changed this plant based diet, and a, an example of something that I do is I prefer I, I eat tofu now. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would eat tofu in the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. Tofu doesn't have a lot of taste to it. Mm-mm. 
And so a lot of people look at that and go, but if you fix it right. So I take the tofu and I cut it up into much smaller blocks than they then they tell you to I take the extra firm stuff, cut it up into much smaller blocks than what you typically see at a restaurant. And then I season it with garlic, some kind of garlic spread powder and some pepper and then a little bit of soy sauce. And it tastes pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, what we should be looking at is not what we gave up. But what kind of cool things yeah. can I can I eat now? What what's something different that I can try that I've never had before? I think it's an opportunity. It's a lot like when you you go on vacation and you get a chance to run in a new place. It's an opportunity to see and feel and experience something new. Well, it's the same thing with a diet. And if we looked at our diets that way, it'd make a diet a lot easier than yeah. just worrying about oh gosh, I can't eat hamburgers anymore. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's what we tend to do. So look, look at the opportunities. Let me ask this. So think about, I want you to think about this. Okay. What's the largest animal in the jungle? Is it the elephant? Probably the elephant, right? <clears throat> what do you think is probably the strongest animal in the jungle? This Lion. This one's a little debatable. Lion, or I, 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 th- I thought gorilla. Hmm? Right. Right. Pretty, pretty big and strong. Who would win in a lion and a gorilla fight? That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, and then what's the oldest animal? It's the, the, tor- it's the tortoise. The tortoise. The tortoise, okay. right? You know what they all have in common? You've got me. They're all plant eaters. Every one of them. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a catch to this. Now, uh, no, no, no. I'm going to say the lion is the strongest in the jungle. <laughs> And he is a carnivore. He is definitely a meat eater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I remember this phrase when I was young. Quitters never win. But you know what? That phrase isn't nearly as popular as it once was. And maybe this story explains why that is. This comes from Heather Valdez out there in Wyoming, and it's called Calling It Quits. Every year, sometime in November or December, I begin to see social media posts by friends announcing their word for the upcoming year. Some popular words of the year are faith, trust, intentional, transform, commitment. While no one, while no one intends to apply pressure, I always feel pressured to come up with my own word of the year. One year when I was reading the post from all my dear friends about their chosen word of the year, what what word? what that word meant to them and why they had chosen it, I had a very frank conversation with myself. That conversation went something like this. Me. Well, Heather, I guess you need to pick a word for this coming year. Myself. I never have before. Why should I start now? Me. Well, maybe maybe it will help if you actually accomplish something next year. Uh, myself. Well, that's kind of harsh. Me. It's true, isn't it? Myself. Well, yeah, but it's still harsh. Me, you know, you should pick the word peace or maybe grace or surrender. No, I know you just started running. So your word of the year should be discipline myself. Uh, yeah, I think I'll just keep looking. You know, the funny thing is I can, I can hear her doing that. I can just too. what little I've been able to talk to her. I, I see that. I so see true. that conversation. So true. 
For days, I took online quizzes to see which word of the year fit me best and scouring my friend's post to see if any of them grabbed me and screamed, I am Heather's word of the year. (laughs) After about a week of this feverish quest to find my word of the year, I mentally threw up my hands and said, I quit. That's when it happened. That's when I had an epiphany. Quit would be my word for the coming year. At first, I was, it was kind of a joke, a way of thumbing my nose at the idea that focusing on one idea, or in this case, one word, could change my life. I was thinking, yeah, I want to I quit everything, quit trying, quit my jobs, quit life and become a bum. Not really, but you get the picture. But then the Lord got a hold of that word in my mind and started to work in a way only he can. He showed me that I do indeed need to quit a number of things in my life. I need to quit selling myself short in areas he has gifted me, such as leadership. I call it bossiness, (laughs) writing, music, and more recently, running, just to name a few. I need to quit comparing myself and my life to that of those around me, and especially those on social media. I need to quit relying on anyone but God to meet my needs and desires. I need to quit allowing others' expectations for my life or behavior drive me, thus stealing my peace, purpose, and passion. I need to quit fretting about things I have little or no power to change by myself, such as choices others make, politics, wars, social injustices. That only causes me to feel powerless and helpless. I need to quit avoiding the hard things such as hard conversations and saying, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. I need to quit putting off until tomorrow things that I can do today, like a run. I need to quit. Uh, I need to quit waiting to pursue that dream or goal until the time is better. I need to quit trying to find my value in anything other than Jesus Christ. This list could go on, but these are just a few of the items God made it clear I needed to quit. He showed me how these things have been stealing the joy and peace he has for me. In John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. I had been living anything but what I would consider an abundant life. Stress, lack of fulfillment, bone-deep weariness, and even discouragement have been the hallmarks of my life. In looking at the past few years, I have allowed the thief to steal, kill, and destroy, and now God has called me to quit allowing the thief any hold on my life. Have you ever quit something that was harmful? Eating too much sugar? Eating junk food? Chewing your fingernails? If so, you probably know you have to replace that activity with something else, preferably something that helps you continue to quit that which you no longer want to do. God has been faithfully teaching me the things he wants me to do. Think about our focus, uh, think about or focus on as I quit the things he told me to quit. As I was thinking these things, God reminded me of a parable Jesus teaches in Luke eleven twenty four through 26. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. I've heard it taught that the unspoken principle uh, here in Luke is this. You can get rid of the bad, but unless you fill it with 
with that which the Spirit has for you, the bad will come back sevenfold, making your condition worse. I don't know anyone who wants that. More than anything, I want to live my life for Jesus. And Lord knows I am a hot mess work in progress when it comes to living like he has called me to. I'm working daily on quitting that which steals, kills, and destroys and focusing on that which gives abundant life. And I must admit, my word of the year has indeed changed my life. Guess the joke's on me. It's a great story, Heather. Well done, right? Yeah, very well done. Yeah. <clears throat> I've never tried this word of the year thing. Have you? Yeah, I don't know if it was a, a New Year's resolution or not, but, you know, for the past couple of years, we've talked about it on here, peace. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my, I don't know. I'm like Heather. I don't want to put a word of the year title on it, but, I mean, yeah, it's we, there's things we need. You excel at what you focus on. Yeah. And so I really focus on trying to do things that makes my life more peaceful. Yeah. Um, and I maybe got to change that word at some point, but it's been peace for a while now. And yeah, I guess there's still work to do there. So yeah, I guess in a way I have. Yeah. I occasionally have a new year's resolution or, or something. And well, it's been, it's been 11 years ago since I decided that, um, I would just run every day. So uh, I missed that one day, but uh, that one day I've run every, you know, it didn't start at the beginning of the year. It just started when I decided to start. And uh, I don't know if I really do things starting at the beginning of the year. I mean, we obviously start the couch to marathon because I mean, studies are clear that if you, if you have those milestone milestone times to start, most people do better with that. But I don't, I don't know that I do. Usually when I, I'm, I'm kind of stubborn. So when I get something in my head, it don't really matter when it is. My wife reminds me often that I get something in my head. It's yeah. it's all in right then, no matter what we're doing. Yeah, whatever it is. And, uh, yeah. That can be bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I remember one year I gave up Diet Coke. I was drinking Diet Coke like mad, like I remember crazy. That. I remember that. And I just decided, okay, January 1st, no Diet Coke for one year. Was it January 1st? It was January 1st. Hmm. And I did that for one year. I didn't take a sip. I mean, I went from drinking like... A case or two. Yeah, like several 12 packs a week to zero um, just overnight. And you know people talk about having withdrawals and stuff like that? It didn't bother me a bit. Not a bit. Now, hmm. I will say... I didn't notice any different. Now, when people, when I say that, people you come get they, the haters now. They get all up in arms and like, oh, it made a huge difference. I'm like, well, it didn't make me feel any different. Mm-hmm. But and then today, I drink occasionally, drink a diet coke. Like, you know, when I, the one time I have to drink a diet coke is when I get like, you go to a fast food restaurant and you get a, a number one or whatever. I feel obligated not to drink water because I feel like well, you're paying I, I paid for the diet coke. I yeah, paid so for you got to drink it. Yeah, yeah. right. So. <laughs> But it's hard to quit things even when you know you need to. And it really shouldn't be that hard. It really should not be that. I mean, if we've got God on our side, we should be able to quit anything if we want to. Well, and it's it's so true that you can. You know, Elizabeth Moray uh, posted the other day that she was, I think, forgive me, Elizabeth, if I get the number wrong, but I think she said seven years smoke-free. Yeah, She quit smoking seven years ago. And I replied and I said, it's this coming December to be 13 for me. And I remember when I tried to quit smoking, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on here, but for two years, I, in air quotes, tried to quit smoking. 
And I did the patch, the peel, the gum, everything I tried. But at the end of the day, I enjoyed smoking. Mm-hmm. And and it goes to the point of, of Heather's story here. I didn't have anything that I liked better to replace it. Mm-hmm. So I would quit smoking and, you know, I quit in air quotes and either boredom or whatever, there, there was no reason for me not to go back to smoking. Yeah. Until, and pe- people are surprised when I say this, but I quit smoking the month before I taught the first run for God class. I was a runner and I smoked. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a rare breed, but I was. I was yeah. that guy. I would run a marathon and go smoke a cigarette. <laughs> and, and that's horrible. And so I'm not endorsing that at all. Right. But that's just where I was. And when I started planning the very first run for God class, even though I thought it was only going to be one class, 12 weeks, and I was going to be done with that, God really convicted my heart that, Mitchell, you you don't need to do this. You, you don't need to teach this class and setting this bad. Because I knew it was bad for me. Right. I knew it was bad. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I had this thing that was greater than my reason to smoke. And it was because now I'm kind of putting myself in a position as an example. Yeah. You know, even though I've always said I wasn't that great of a runner, I don't know why God has me here, but nevertheless, he had me here and God was really impressing on my heart that you don't need to do this. You, you, this is a bad example. No matter how you cut it, you can justify it all you want. It's a bad example. So I laid the cigarettes down one night I had, I think, a half a pack, and they stayed in my kitchen for months. Yeah. And it was just a testament to me that I didn't need the patch. I didn't need the peel. I didn't need the gum. I did. I needed a reason bigger than me. Yeah. And that's what Heather's talking about here, and that's I laid exactly them down, right. and I've never picked one up again. And yeah. it was it was the craziest thing. Now, people say, oh, the, the desire goes away. No, that's not true. For me, it's not. Yeah, you, if I walk outside of a restaurant and I smell somebody smoking, man, I can go stand next to them and just you know whiff <laughs> it in. Um, so the desire is always it's there even today. Yeah, but my but but my reason for not doing it is greater than my reason for doing it. And so that yeah, I mean that just goes to Heather's point that I mean it's the the parable of the spirits. You know, that's, you got to fill that void with something. That's the bottom line is yeah. you got to you got to find something that, that uh, you got to have a, a reason and it's got to be one that that motivates you. And, and a lot of times, I mean, that reason can be just God. And mm-hmm. in the case of the in the case for me, and I know this this is this probably sounds crazy because I still like that. If I'm going to drink mm-hmm. uh, uh, something to drink, I like that Coke. I like it today, just like you like smoking. Now, Diet Coke isn't as bad for you. So that is something you can do once a month. And mm-hmm. not, and, and it's not a big deal. But um, I, uh, I, I can pick that up and then put it right back down. And I don't even remember where I was going with that comment. Well, and you but, know the crazy thing about the mind, and and I heard this, I heard this exact example in that Atomic Habits book that I was yeah. telling you about a few years ago. We built the cross country trail. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this story I, or not. Um, but I had been off the job site for several years. I remember when this. we were getting Run for God started, and so when I quit smoking, I was off the job site, the construction site for yeah. years. 
And so in my brain, I subconsciously related smoking to a job site. And yeah. I, I'll prove that that's true. When we were building the cross-country trail that we built for our church, where the a lot of the teams run on now, um, I showed up there one day, and I got out of my truck, and I stepped out of my pickup truck. My feet hit the ground. I smelt fresh turned dirt. I smelt diesel fuel. I heard heavy equipment running because we had heavy equipment down in there moving, you know, clearing the trail. I heard everything that brought me back to a job site Mm -hmm. years ago. And I stepped out of the truck and I patted my pockets because, you know, as a smoker, if you don't have a pack of cigarettes, you'll be a nervous wreck. Yep. All those years later, all that stuff came back and I tapped my pockets to see where my cigarettes were. And I was blown away. I was like, you haven't smoked in years. But all of those things, that atmosphere brought me right back to looking for my cigarettes. It shows you. It's crazy. Yeah, It It is really crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what point that makes, but... um, well, and the the point that I was going to make about giving up the Diet Coke was my reason for giving up the Diet Coke, what I replaced that with was I just wanted to see how it was going to affect me. And it was it was important enough for me just to realize just to make a point that it either is a big deal or it's not a big deal was enough to drive me to to not drink Diet Coke. That doesn't seem like a very big reason, does it? But, well, but you were focused on what you could be gaining, and you weren't focused on what you were giving up. That's true. Just to your point exactly of the right. diets. That's exactly right. Too many times we focus on, you know, in your case, I would really like a T-bone steak. You yeah. were saying, no, I I can make this tofu. As crazy as that to me sounds, <laughs> I can make this tofu taste better. Um, but it's it's all about your focus. Yeah, and it really is. So, yeah. yeah. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Of course, that verse is at the end of a paragraph where Paul is thanking the Philippians for supplying his needs. You know, they had they had done several things to help him along the way and supply his needs. Uh, needs. The context here, context here is that God supplies the needs um, that we're focused on or that, that we need when we're doing his will. So Paul is busy working hard for his, for, for his ministry and, and sharing Christ with people, and he was being provided for. And God did that through the Philippians in this case. Um, and and it, it's, it's crazy how the, the more we stay in God's will, the more lucky we become. I remember the story. You remember we went out to Missouri and – we did this race out in Missouri, mm-hmm. and the guy there owned a called a halfway house, for mm-hmm. lack of a better yeah. terms. It was for for mostly young men who were uh, just needed a place. They yeah. they were a lot of them were drug addicts. A lot of lot of issues with these guys, and it was an old school building, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the nicest place in the world, but it was a place for these these people for shelter and he provided food and other things for them and i remember him talking about they needed a they needed new ovens in order to prepare the food he went down and he looked at these ovens and these ovens were five thousand dollars a piece and he needed two of them 
and it was like he just didn't have the money mm-hmm. i mean they they didn't have air conditioning in their building it was like the, he didn't have an extra ten thousand dollars for ovens and so um but he knew he needed those and he was convinced he needed those and that god was going to provide them and he was in his mind mm-hmm. god was going to provide those things and um it's like two months later mm-hmm. he gets a phone call from the guy that owned the place that had the ovens and just out of the blue said, Hey, I know you were looking at these ovens. I got two of them up here that I want to, I want to donate. Can I go ahead and donate those to you? And it was like, but he prayed for that specifically. Pray expectingly. Expectingly. And that's the way he did everything. He told story after story. Yeah. You remember some mm-hmm. of the stories he told. One after another of where he just had this expectation that God was going to provide what they needed. They didn't have a lot. Of, they didn't have anything extra mm-hmm. there. Nothing extra. Mm-hmm. But they had everything they needed. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's, that's this that scripture. mustard seed faith. It is, yeah. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. Words from Jesus himself. Yeah, I mean, this is, I have to think about this verse so many times when you come across people. So so many times we, we feel like we're being attacked by people. Somebody's after me. That's, and, and that's just usually, that, that's really never the case. There's always something behind it, and yeah. it's it's what this verse is talking about here. Our our wars are not against people; it's against the enemy, the ultimate enemy, which is the devil, the thief, that only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is what's working behind the people we often interact with, and it it doesn't make the situation many times better. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody's attacking you. But it, it gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I've, 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 I've used that verse before when it comes to forgiveness. Yeah. Because so, I realize it's not that person. It's what's working and for often them. when you shine Jesus, you know, light makes darkness scatter. Mm-hmm. And when you go to forgive somebody, you all, all of a sudden you see a different side of that person. And it's mm-hmm. because... You're shining Jesus, the darkness flees. Yeah. And the the devil is not in that conversation. He can't be in that conversation because Jesus is in that conversation. That's right. And so I don't I don't know. That that verse really hit me this morning that, you know, we need to remember that when dealing with people. Yeah. Our our nation <laughs> needs to realize this when Boy, dealing yeah. with people because we're we're we're, we're such at war with each other. And it's not our war to fight. Yeah, it really is not our war to fight. There is nothing we can do to change what's going. And I don't want to get political here. What's going in our country, other than getting on our hands and knees and praying. That's right. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. There's really not. Yep. I thought about this running example. You know, I've heard a lot of people tell me you need to quit running because you're going to destroy your knees. Mm. And that's the conventional wisdom yeah. of people in general is that you're going to destroy your knees if you continue to run. Um, and if I listened to those people and I quit running, how different would my life be today? Mm-hmm. Right. But instead what I listened to was the truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that running is actually good for your knees. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not destroy your knees. And that um, 
as long as I focus on the truth, mm-hmm. good things can happen. It's the way it is in our faith, right? Mm-hmm. The truth is what's in that book and and the words of uh, and these words of Jesus and and all the other words in there. And when we focus on the truth <laughs> instead of what people tell us or what the people around us think or what the news says or whatever it is. I don't know why we're so surprised. We're so surprised about the infighting and stuff in our country. The mm-hmm. Bible says it was going to happen, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know why we get so surprised about it. And um, the world is busy telling us that being apart from God is a good thing, mm-hmm. that God is a crutch, mm-hmm. that God is, you know, they call him sky daddy, you know, and they just they make fun of, of us. And that makes that sometimes we're not real secure in our faith. We, we think about that and it bothers us and it should bother us that people are that callous. But on the other side of that, we should be, if we're, if we're secure in our faith, we realize the truth is <laughs> that they just don't know any better. Well, just like you were saying but it's, there again, it's nothing new. I yep. mean, <laughs> we just, as a family, we're in, in Proverbs and go back and read Solomon's own words where he said, I tried everything I had. I had everything. I tried everything. The only thing that was satisfaction, satisfying, yeah, was God. That's right. I mean, this is argumentatively, argumentatively, is that the right word? Arguably, arguably, arguably <laughs> the richest man in history mm-hmm. had every resource you could have. And he came to the realization, it's God. It's God. It's yeah, God. That's what matters. Nothing else can satisfy our soul nothing can give us that true peace that that's been my word other than god it's not money it's not fame it's not politics it's not what you have what you own what you can buy it's god yep and when you're when you feel that and you know that man we have to understand that people who don't know that they don't know they don't they don't there's know. a there's a reason why they don't know. It's back to your point before. It's not it's not them. It's not them lashing out at us. Right. Yeah. 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 It's important. You know, I was reading a book recently called Amazing Truths, um, and it's it's all about um, the scientific evidence for God. Hmm. And you know, the more we learn about science, the more true the Bible is Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. I think that's just fascinating. There's nothing in the Bible that you can look at in the Bible and then go to science and say, well, that's not true. Right. Right. And I don't know. And then we, we, we have these discoveries and I think about when they wrote the Bible and, and how they didn't know any of this scientific stuff, but there's a lot of science in there. They didn't know they were writing at the time. Right. It's very interesting. Luke, 11 24 through 26 when an impure spirit comes out of a person it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it then it says i will return to the house i left when it arrives it finds the house swept clean and put in order then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and live there and the final condition of that person is worse than the first it's a scary thought (laughs) you know i just I guess when I read that, because we're talking about diet in cases, but you see this all the time in diets. You see people who they do the cleanse. 
Yeah. And and they just start eliminating things completely. They clean out the refrigerators. They they I, I have the picture of this house that is swept clean and perfect. And then the hunger comes. Mm-hmm. And they haven't planned for what's going to replace all that bad food that they're getting rid of. And they have no plan in place. And they try to do these absolute none of this, none of that. And I think that's why you see people who they'll lose a hundred pounds and they'll gain a hundred pounds right back because it's just not sustainable. We need, you got to have, you got to, we don't like the terms diet anyway, but you got to have a sustainable plan. That's right. And absolutely getting rid of things and not replacing it with healthy things is not sustainable. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's, there's a sermon in there. There is for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think about this from the mental side of running because our human nature is to think negative thoughts. I mean, whether we like it or not, it just is. And we hear we're inundated so much with negative messages that our brain is inclined in that direction. And so the only way I, I, we had a workout this morning mm-hmm. with the, with our college girls and there's one overall really good workout, but there was one girl who's clearly struggling mentally right now. I mean, it's, 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 it's what we talk about. It's the six inches between her ears that are, that's the problem right now. The only way to get rid of all those bad thoughts that are causing performance issues and causing us not to be able to reach those goals is to crowd them out with positive thoughts. You can't just not think of negative thoughts. You have to replace them with positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. So when you're out there and, and it hurts and it's hard and you still got two miles left to go and you're not sure you can make it, don't think negative thoughts. Think positive thoughts. Instead of thinking, I don't know if I can make it, think, I know I can make it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the, just the rearranging of those letters and words can mm-hmm. make all the difference in getting there. Mentally, you got to fill your mind with good things. Um, and of course our bodies are the same way too. And you just mentioned it. You know, we, if we, it is not, you can't not fill up, right? You can't, it, it's not okay to go, okay, what I'm going to do is I've been filling my body with bad stuff. Now I'm just not going to fill it with anything. Right. It doesn't work. No, nope. you have to have fuel. So it may work for a period of time, right? But, but eventually you're going to succumb to I'm hungry. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we revert back to what we've already known. Yeah. And eventually you, you just, and eventually you can't, you can't be mentally strong enough to always overcome that. No. And, uh, and eventually your body will adapt to it and then it, then it's going to make the problem worse. Question. Have you ever quit something unproductive and not replaced it with something productive? And what was the result? I go back to the smoking. I mean, that, that's yeah. probably the best um, illustration in my life is so many times for two years, I tried just to quit and not replace or not have that that reason that was bigger than the reason to smoke. Because at the end of the day, like I said, I enjoyed smoking. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I found a reason that was bigger than that. that I actually quit. And at that point, you don't need the thing. You don't need the pill or the patch or the gum or all the different things you hear about nowadays because you can do all that stuff. And if the desire to smoke is stronger than any other desire, 
you'll go right back to it. Mm-hmm. Same th- same way with drugs, alcohol, you know, all those things. It's mm-hmm. it's not until you come to the end of your desire that you can truly make a change because I had to get honest with myself and say, my problem is I like to smoke. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not the addiction. It's not the nicotine. It's, it's, I like to smoke. It's the habit of doing it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a habitual person. Uh, I'm, and yeah, it, it never works out good Yeah, when you yeah. don't replace it. Well, you go back to diets and she mentions this specifically in, in the story about cutting out sugar. Mm-hmm. It's a really good example. When you cut out sugar, sugar has a very specific interaction in your body, mm-hmm. right? And so when you cut that out, your body is going to crave sugar. So what can you do? What can you replace that with? Mm-hmm. Well, how about a banana? Mm-hmm. A banana has sugar in it, but it's way better for you than a piece of chocolate. Right. So uh, there are things that you can replace like you just said you what you replaced it with and and but bananas instead of candy is is a good thing there's always something mm-hmm. that's better and you know like old spider you know he he i like the way he puts things it's it's whatever you can do that's a little bit better mm-hmm. then do that thing right. and even if it's just incremental and you get a little bit better today then maybe next week you you do something different that's sure. even better um, but yeah you you, you got to got to make those changes Uh, because the truth is if you don't whatever your change is if you don't like it and if you can't learn to like it then it's not going to matter you're going back Mm -hmm. so you got to figure that out another question do you have something in your life that you that you have allowed to excuse me let me start over (laughs) do you have something in your life that you have allowed the thief to steal kill or destroy these questions are getting personal, aren't they? Yeah. Heather's <laughs> meddling here. <laughs> I don't know if this applies to this question, but prayer. Mm. You know, when you don't have a good prayer life, you just you miss out on so much. You mm-hmm. miss out on blessings. Um, I've been re- I've shared on here. I've been really convicted over the past month, and I'm still working at, at getting better at that. Um, but I think when we have this focused, constant conversation with God, that it's it's like um, it's like having a security camera for for lack of a better way of looking at it, right? That um, if if God is constantly in my mind and I'm constantly in conversation with God, well, the thief has no place to to come in. The thief can't get involved in my head and what I'm thinking because I'm too busy staying focused on God. And, um, and I, I think that's, and then there's other things that you can do to protect yourself physically too. Like, you know, you lock doors. Um, maybe you have a weapon beside your bed or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is that keeps you and protects you. Well, that's the Bible. Locking my doors keeps me safe. The Bible is what I use as my weapon, but the Bible calls it a sword, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I th- I, that, that's an interesting thought, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think other times it's it's complacency. Yeah, com- com- the evil one can come in the form of complacency. I I, I love our Run Club members, and this is just a, another reason. You know, a few weeks ago I talked about um, the Bible study that I just ran up on out at the church property and I sat in and and one of the gentlemen was talking about 
a guy he knew that has a couple months to live. He's not a believer. And he made the comment, well, if you if you ever want to talk about Jesus, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And I was really convicted that we need to do more. That guy needs to do more. He he don't worry about hurting his feelings. Go go well. Yeah. I got an email from Katie Reed and she said, Hey, just a suggestion. What about you go to the guy and say, Hey, would you like for me to go with you to talk to this guy? Hmm. And I mean, that just, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And honestly, I didn't think about it till right now. And I pulled Katie's email back up and I looked at it and I'm going to text the guy today. Yeah. And I'm going to say, Hey, do you, do you care if I go with you to talk to this guy? Because I understand, I mean, I get it. It's it's probably an uncomfortable situation. They're friends. Sure. Um, but complacency. Yeah. I was complacent in that. I was I was trying to say what this guy should do. And, you know, the Lord's convicted me of what this guy should do. No, maybe it's the Lord convicted me of what I need to do. Yeah. Um, wow. So. That's pretty. That's I'll pretty let good. you know. But I, 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 I will. As soon as we get off this podcast, I'm going to send that guy a text. Because. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that was God's plan all along. Maybe. Maybe. That's interesting. Last question. What do you need to quit in order to have the abundant life promised by Jesus? <laughs> A lot of things. I need to quit whining. Yeah, that's, you that's know, up there. That's just the thing. I got to quit whining about all the bad things going on. I spend way too much time wondering why people think the terrible things that they think and they're headed in the terrible direction that they're headed. Um Again, the Bible warns us that that's going to happen, mm-hmm. and so I, I shouldn't be surprised. Um, and and whining doesn't do anything, right? It's a lot like what you're just talking about. It's, it's just like that story. It's like, yeah, you can talk about what that guy should do, but mm-hmm. is there something I can do different? Sure. You know, um, instead of complaining about something that's going – let me give you a good example. And I, I'm, I'm not using that, this for myself, but for somebody else out there. Maybe there's something going on in your church you don't like. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should pray about that. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe God needs to convict you in one way or the other, or maybe you need to pray that whatever that thing is, maybe that thing isn't good. It's very possible, right? There's mm-hmm. some things going on in our churches that shouldn't go on. Well, maybe praying about that may change that too, because it may be your preferences are the problem. That could be. It could be I a know lot it's of things. Been that way for me in my church. Yep. I say, well, that's just not right, and come to find out, it's well, that's just not what I like. Yep. But it's not about what I like. Yep. So many times. But I would say that you got that you got that message from Katie mm-hmm. that kind of focused you in a different direction. But if you had stopped and and took a step back and thought, what's a different way to approach this? That may have come up. That probably would have would have entered your mind that, well, maybe this is this is another way. Mm-hmm. But we we get focused on what we think and the direction we think people should go or that we should go, that we never take time. And that's what prayer does. Mm-hmm. Prayer makes us take a step back and think, well, how can I do this differently? What can God use me? And can he use me in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, good stuff. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. 
Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back. Do you like running with other people? Um, do you prefer running with others? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I ran yeah. with you yesterday. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. that. Of course, yeah. I slowed you way, way down. Um, but yeah, I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. Um, yeah. Well, I got I got a chance. I ran with you, and then I got a chance to run with Landon right after that. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that, well, yeah. that worked out pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you, but you know, I really don't mind running by myself. Um, I, I do most of the mileage that I do, I, I do by myself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the solitude. Yeah. I, I People think I'm crazy when I say this, but it is 100% true. I am an introvert. Mm. I am not an extrovert. As much as sometimes I may sound like it, I, I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I have to force myself to do things that are – extroverted kind of things i'm not a good small talk guy you know me i'm not good at small talk yeah you know if it's small talk time then the only thing that's on my mind is probably politics or running (laughs) that's about it right yeah and most people don't want to talk about either of those things so uh so i'm not not i'm not real good at that so i think that's probably why i enjoy the time um uh, of of running by myself so i know there's a lot of people who won't run on their own they'll never run on their own they're like i don't i don't run by myself right and that's got to be hard because it's, it's got to be hard to always find somebody to run yeah you with. gotta you need to learn to run to, on your own because yeah if if you if you rely on somebody running with you to get you out the door then when somebody can't run with you you're not going to get out the door so yeah. you, you gotta yeah yeah de- definitely gotta do that All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You have to be somewhere to get the full experience of it. And I'm going to share just a few examples, though there are millions of them. This one's called You Had to Be There. We have a spectacular fireworks display every 4th of July in downtown Cahutta, population 784. The show will bring five times that number for the celebration. Just about everyone who has ever seen it cannot believe that our little town pulls off something so grand in scope. Watching the black sky explode with bright colors in our tiny town creates pure exhilaration. I shot a video of a few minutes of the show and was recently re-watching it. And as you can imagine, it just wasn't anywhere near as great as being there. That explains why watching fireworks on television is not a thing. (laughs) Most people love going to the beach, even if just for a few hours. But what would happen if you put on your best Hawaiian shirt, played a video on your large screen television of crashing waves, and sat next to a heat lamp? (laughs) Do you think you could approximate the feeling of being at the beach? Absolutely not. There is a reason why people drive for hours to the beach when they could simulate the environment at home. Or how about this, which is better, looking at a photo of your kids or having them live in front of you? Again, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? 
There's a reason why we have the phrase, I guess you just had to be there. Why do most of us love to run races? It's the experience of being there and sharing that experience with others, right? And being there typically makes running hard much easier than doing it on our own. Having others around who are in pursuit of similar goals to yours adds immeasurably to the event. When we're training, most of us love to run with others. It makes the runs a little easier, makes the time pass faster, and gives us an opportunity to share something we love to do with our friends. Being able to share our experience with others, whether it is running, staying at the beach, or watching a fireworks display, is not only satisfying, it is essential to our well-being. God made us social beings at the point he said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. In Genesis 2.8, we are intended to experience life with others. Church is the same way. I believe the worst thing to come from the pandemic of 2020 was the fact that churches shut down. I heard about a church recently that that routinely had 300 to 400 people at Sunday morning services in 2019. Today, they have 60 to 80. You see, the pastor told everyone that watching church services online was as good as being there when the church was going through the pandemic. He meant well. He was just trying to make a point that they were fortunate to be able to experience the church service even though they could not meet. But the church is now struggling even while the pastor is trying to get the congregation back in the seats. Watching online is just not the same thing. It is difficult to feel the Holy Spirit move in a building that is miles away from you. The Bible describes Christians as sheep. God is our shepherd, as it is eloquently explained in the 23rd Psalm. There's a reason why sheep are kept in large flocks. There is safety in those flocks. Where is the food? It's where the large group is found, the water near the flock. If there is a predator in the neighborhood, which sheep will he focus on? The one that is off on its own or the herd of dozens or even hundreds? We are much more exposed to the wiles of the devil when we are alone. David, the man after God's own heart, rejoiced in Psalm 122 when someone suggested that they go to the house of the Lord. David could have prayed for Jerusalem at home but he felt it would be better to do it with others in the church. We can have great moments of worship when we're by ourselves, but we simply cannot have the full experience of God if we never experience it in the church with other believers. Running with others often makes for a more rewarding experience. Being at the beach is much more fun than a simulation of the beach, and being in the church with other believers provides us with an experience we cannot find on our own. Our running partners make us better runners, and our fellow Christians help bring us closer to God. And if you need one more reason to get off the couch and go to church, never forget that the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching the bible should always be the final word man you hit that dead on the head dean um we talked about it last week right a little bit i was talking about it last night yeah um yeah, I, there, there's so many truths in here and so many things that you didn't even cover. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that w- when we go to church, it's it's not always to help us. 
mm-hmm. but it's to help others. Yeah. Um, there's so many people in the church who are struggling that we do, we don't even know. We don't know they're struggling, and they're there to find help, and we may be the help that they're looking for. You don't get that when we're not there. And yeah. I, I know there's people that say, I can, I can... I can commune with God in a deer stand. I can commune with God on the golf course. <clears throat> I don't know how to say it nicely, but you can, but it's not the same. It's, it's yeah. just not the same. That's we need point. to be in the church. And I watched church online during the pandemic because I had to. And there are people, I mean, the technology is great for the um, the homebound. Shut-ins. Home and yeah. for the nursing homes and, and all that. Yes, that is great because they have to. But the vast majority of the people who are watching online now don't have to. Yeah. And it's it's hurting our churches it's taking the synergy away it's taking away the importance of what the church is there for i we were we were in the youth last night i've talked many times that i help on the youth on wednesday nights and um i mean our youth we would have 80 90 strong before the pandemic and now we're at 30 and 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 people just it's the building is not a priority and the building is the building is not the church. Right. Correct. I hear people say all that that mm-hmm. all the time. The the we are the church, the building is not the church. But the building is where we meet. It's where we gain that synergy. It's where that flock gets safety that you talk about. And I love how you illustrated the fact that who's the wolf going after? Yeah. Is he going after the flock or is he going after that one that's off by himself and saying, Well, I'm close enough. Yeah. Close enough to get you killed sometimes. Right. Um, yeah, this is this has really been on my heart lately, and I'm glad God put it on your heart as well. Obviously, yeah, it really hit it really hit me hard when I heard about this church. Yeah, when I just heard those numbers, it really really hit me hard, and I and I thought, and just like you said, it's just people who are like, well, you know, I'm getting the same thing when I'm at home, and and it, let me say this, and and this is going to sound harsh too, if if you're getting the same thing at home that you got when you were in the building, then you weren't doing it right when you were in the building. I mean, that's just the bottom line is if you, there, there is no way, there's just no way to feel the power of that Holy spirit, the same way online as you can feel in that building around other people who feel that same Holy spirit. It's just no way. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't say there's no way God can do whatever he wants. But yep. God puts a special emphasis right. on a body of believers who are gathered together. Yeah, whether two or more are gathered, He's there. Yeah, it's a promise. It's yep. it's stated in Scripture. Why why would we not want to be there? Why no. would we not want to take part of that? And I, I get it. I, I understand why. It's convenience. It's it's just more convenient to to sit at home and watch it. But what happens is. The convenience of being home leads to, well, I've got laundry to do. Well, mm-hmm. I'll start doing laundry while I watch church. Well, before you know it, the church is out of the picture. Right. And it's laundry, and it's going to the lake. It's on the golf course. It's in the deer stand. It's all the things that take. Just last night, I had a conversation with my oldest son, Lane. 
and and he he just wasn't thinking our Wednesday night youth group started back and he had a swim scheduled for last night so he was at swim instead of at church and I, I told him when he got home I said Lane let's let's not do that and he yeah. said dad I know he said I just wouldn't even think he, he even gets it yeah you know we we don't need to let things crowd out gathering together in the building is the building the church no it's not I'm not trying to say that and don't twist my words don't hear what I'm not saying but that is where that that is where the Holy Spirit a lot of times works the most powerfully because the whole flock is together and there's yeah. power in those numbers and yeah well one of the things that, that I worry about a little bit is we've talked about before about bike shops you know yeah. bike shops are struggling these days because people are not buying bikes on, uh, uh, at the the store anymore they're buying them online right. And so the only thing bike shops have become is if I need something in an emergency or if I need my bike repaired. And there's clo- and they're closing right and left. And they're closing all over the country. Running stores, same thing, um, because we can buy stuff online so easily. And I get it. I get the convenience, and the convenience is great, and it's fantastic and all that. But what's going to happen when our churches don't have enough people in them to support them anymore? And so everybody's watching online and and how much weaker are churches going to become when that becomes the norm right well go back to the bike shop i mean what what's happening now yeah yeah i can go buy a bike online i don't i support my local bike shop but i could go buy a bike online i mean the one bike shop that we had in our hometown closed down for this very reason well there's going to be time where i need to work on my bike and i don't know how to do it Mm-hmm. There's going to be things that are ab- above me. Yep. We have those instances all the time in our spiritual lives. Yeah, we do. But if we shut the churches out, there, there's so many things that I learn by going to church. And it's not always the sermon I hear. It's it's the guy that I look up to that I go sit down with and say, hey, what? think about if there was no churches, there would be no room for God. Yeah. There, the interaction between HR Poe and I would have never happened. Yeah. There's so many things that come out of church that are so far outside the building. And yeah, um, yeah it's just we, we need to keep thumping this drum because it's bad right now. Churches yeah. are churches are struggling around the world and a lot of it was an unintended consequence or to us unintended consequence of COVID, but I think it's I think Satan's in it sure. to some degree, and you know what's really really scary is that virtual reality is becoming better and better. And when you get virtual reality and AI, and both of them get much much better, people are basically going to be able to sit on their couch mm-hmm. and live their life on their couch mm-hmm. by themselves. But they're thinking they're around people in this virtual reality and they can be whatever they want to be. They can look however they want to look. They can have the life that they always dreamed of online, but it's not the same thing. I saw, I was watching, uh, I think it was Fox business yesterday and they were talking about something that's becoming more and more popular is people buying real estate on the metaverse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start to, sound like an old man here but 
I have never put on a pair of those virtual reality goggles. I won't. I won't. Our kids' swim teams, they used to have, several years ago, they had where they would put on these virtual reality goggles and analyze swim strokes. That's when Lane and Landon were younger. I wouldn't let them do it. I, I yeah. just I just feel like that that is a gateway to somewhere that we don't need to go. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm old-fashioned. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean – yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that's. I'm here. I'm hearing my dad come out in me now. And my grandpa <laughs> come out in me. But well, I there's wisdom there. Well, and I can't help but think about it. it's. It's fine for, honestly, uh, I haven't tried the VR stuff either. But I, I wouldn't mind trying it. But I I understand where that line is, right? And sure. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna become who I am. But think about the high school student who's ostracized a little bit at school. Maybe he's a gamer. I don't know. He's but he's immersed himself in something else, and he has this opportunity to live online. What's he going to do? Well, there's no question which one's going to be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And and we're not called to a life of comfort. No, we're called to uh, we're called to do hard things. And sometimes hard things is getting up and going to church. Yeah. At Run for God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run for God station on J Radio. we're back and every week i share a reason why running is so awesome and this is the reason for this week your five-year-old and your grandmother can both do it (laughs) you can run at any age and of course at run for god we've seen that uh over and over and over again we all may have different abilities as far as how fast we run but we almost everybody can run or walk yeah and um it means we can share it across generations. How many activities are there out there? I mean, there are a lot of activities, but not a ton of things that are really good for you that you can share across generations. Well, you know, like I've that. said it several times. I've said it many times that the cool thing about Run for God is, you know, our, our churches are so segregated nowadays, and, and for good reason. I mean, we have we have the senior adults. We have the the married couples. We have the young married couples. We have the high schooler, middle schooler, elementary. We have all these different and even even the services nowadays, many churches, you know, you got a contemporary service and a traditional service. But you go in a run for God class, you don't see any of that. You'll see a five year old and a and an eighty five year old in the same class. And like you said, different abilities, different goals, but all there doing the with one goal, and yeah. that is run for God. And that's why yeah. that's why these classes are so. That's why Run Club is so cool because yeah. it's just a melting pot. Of everybody. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And you know what else that means? That means nobody has any excuse not to get out there and get it done. Exactly. That's right. So I saw this inter- interesting conversation online about tracks. And the, the it was there was a question on there about asphalt tracks. And it made me think back when I was coming up. I remember the first I remember the first time I ever ran on a track. It was on a grass field. There was a line mm-hmm. drawn, and we ran around that that line. It was in the back of my junior high school, and I ran a I ran a five thirty three mile that day mm. for my first mile I'd ever run in my life. Um, 
And that was the surface we had in junior high. I went up to high school the next year and we had an asphalt track. We don't see asphalt tracks anymore at all. Some I mean, of the older schools you still see. Do you still yeah. see some of them? Yeah. Not many. Yeah. When we go to, we travel to Lane's races, you know, we always find a high school. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the upper Midwest and Northern areas. Yeah. I mean, you still see it. Uh, new schools, obviously it's the high tech tracks, but yeah. a lot of the older schools are still yeah, asphalt still and they're crumbling asphalt. and coming apart. And, yeah. 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 But yeah, the, I, I, I remember those tracks and I remember, <laughs> Uh, when I was in high school, there were five high schools in our county, and all five of them used what a place called Terra Stadium. Terra Stadium was a you remember the old Northwest track down here mm-hmm. that was that I'm not even sure what it's called, but that soft material that kind of comes apart after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that Terra Stadium was made out of. But it allowed you to wear spikes when you ran. I, I remember people wearing spikes on the asphalt tracks. I'm like, mm. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but but people would. Um, but now these synthetic so- surfaces are so much better. Um, I remember in high school going to Griffin High School. And at Griffin High School, when I was in high school, they still had a cinder track. And I, I remember running on that track. Which is basically ground up concrete, right? Yes. Yeah. It's basically like running on real small gravel. Yeah. And that's what, back in the early 60s, that's what they ran on. Yeah. I mean, that, the professionals yeah. ran on those tracks. That's why spikes came into being. Was because yeah. You of, still see those tracks, too. We've been to some places. A lot, a lot of them are overgrown with grass now. Yeah. But you can see, I mean, it it was a cinder track. But it at one was, time. yeah. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting surface. Yeah, it is. It is, and they ran some fast times on yeah. those. Although you know that had to be slower than yeah. than what we have today. So when you look back at someone like a Jim Ryan, you realize, man, oh man, I wonder how fast he would have been with today's technology, the mm. shoes and the tracks. But the first synthetic track, well, the the time that synthetic tracks really became popular is when they, the first time they used it in the Olympics was in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. So um, that doesn't seem like that long ago when, uh, when the first synthetic track was used. I, I say the first synthetic. There were some others. That was the first time it was used popularly mm-hmm. um, and that's where things started to change and other people started to think we need one of those colleges started to put them in and then and then high schools and um, and I remember they had this material the material back then it was called Chevron 440 that was the <laughs> that was the name of the surface Chevron 440 you know now I've it's heard of that now it's Mondo yeah right yeah um, yeah and it's uh, it's interesting and synthetic tracks have many advantages they last longer they require less maintenance uh a lot of them are made from recycled materials too i didn't realize that but a lot of them a lot of yeah. what's in them is tires rec- things yeah like that, yeah yeah which is pretty cool um, and they say it de- de- they decrease injury because they're softer yeah have you ever watched them put one down i, I watched them at cahulla creek yeah they, they trial it on just like it's uh, yeah like a thick paint almost so does the 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 texture just sit on the top it just no, it's it's in the mix. It's yeah, in the mix. they have yeah. a they trowel it on with like a, a quarter inch or half inch. It may have been a half inch trowel. Yeah, you know where you got the grooves that are half inch tall. So it, when you rake it, it settles down and it's all even then. But yeah, what's underneath it is concrete. Yeah, it's a concrete track. Yeah, that has this surface on it, and uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good stuff. So let me ask this. Okay, because tracks, this is, I, I've got a new theory here. This is a Dean theory. <laughs> These tracks supposedly reduce injuries because they're softer. Okay. Well, the softness of that track is quarter inch thick. Quarter or half, yeah. I'll maybe a half, half inch. Yeah. Maybe a half inch thick. It's not that much. Right. It certainly doesn't do anywhere near as much as your shoes do, right, as far as making your run softer. Right. So is the softness of the surface really making a difference? Because it's concrete right underneath there. It's just like having a little bit extra midsole in your I shoe. I would say, I would if it's a half inch, which I think it was a half inch, because I sat there and watched them do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, a half inch is, that's basically double the sole of your shoe. I mean, your, the sole of your shoe's not a half inch. I wouldn't think it's way more than a half inch. No, not not right yeah. under your midfoot. I, I would think it's about a half inch between uh, your maybe. skin maybe. and the ground. Yeah, at, at compression. Yeah, is probably about a half inch. So maybe. it's basically doubling. Yeah, your sole. So if 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 you take that away, then it's half as much material. So. What? That's a lot if you really look at it. I think about the arguments. Of, I, I hear people say it all the time. I'd rather run on asphalt than concrete because it's softer. And there is no difference. The studies show there's no difference. But people in their mind, they've got this difference. And it is because concrete is like 20 times harder. Well, I was going to say, it is asphalt. different. It is. The material's different. It's but definitely it does, softer. But if it doesn't give when you step on it, right. then it's not making a difference when you run on it. Right. And asphalt yeah, is the not, body weight. Your the weight of your body is not going to make it give. Right. If you drive a a forty thousand pound truck across it, then it yeah. gives. Then it gives. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You but can see it. Yeah, but but if you're one hundred and fifty pounds, right. you're, yeah, you're not going to feel it. So there is no difference between sure. the two. And again, the studies the studies show that. My theory is this: that the reason why tracks produce less injuries is because tracks are flat. I agree with that. I think the fact that a track is flat and your your footing is perfect every time you land is what makes because a track. Because when safer. think about your last injury, it's you stepped wrong or yeah, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've had. So that. did we just confirm it? If we both agree, yeah. Because we don't agree on too much, That's you know, in here yeah. a lot of times. So, yeah, yeah. Then it must be confirmed. <laughs> uh all right, we have a trivia question for next week, and it's this. Most people have heard the, ter- the term pronate or pronation. It is what our foot does as we run. The arch collapses to a different degree in everyone. Here's the question. Is pronation a good thing or a bad thing? Should we be trying to eliminate it? Mm, I think good, I know the answer to this. It's a good question, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you know the answer, you can send it to Dean at runforgod.com. Or even if you don't know the answer and you just want to speculate, I would enjoy reading those It's a 50-50 shot. Yeah, well, that's true. It's (laughs) it's yes or no. Yeah, that's true. Um, So, yeah, send that to Dean at run. We'd love to hear an explanation of why. Maybe we'll give extra credit if they not only give the answer, but they tell us why. Yeah, absolutely. Their answer is the best answer. That's right. yeah, make sure Gay puts in a little something a little extra if they if they do the we'll second to, part of that. We'll have to do that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yep. All right. We have a motivational thought of the week, and it's this. A good laugh and a long run are the two best cures for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find I couldn't find anybody to attribute Although that. Although they don't to, often do go like. together. They do. They, they do. don't often go together. Yeah. A good laugh and a long run. Sometimes you're a good cry in a long run. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I modified this to my own quote, and it's this. Laughter is the best medicine, but but a long run is a close second. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Good word, Dean. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Go check out runforgod.com. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run For God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace With God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.